Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. woke up this morning and I was a little bit heavy. I thank God that through worship it lifted, but I was heavy for mothers. I felt a heaviness for women that this might be your first year without your mom. I felt a heaviness for women that um, may be alone and not have their children nearby. I felt a heaviness for women that are dealing with so many stresses right now. I know in my life, there are so many people that I know that are dealing with very tough issues. And I'm continuing to pray for God to do what only he can do over their lives. So I just want to encourage you today that um, focus upward and let the Lord love on you today. Let the Lord love on you. We appreciate you. Today we honor mothers and really all women because we want you to know you're welcome here. You're appreciated, you're seen, and you're needed in this world. To those who gave birth this year, to your first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, or let's just say, lost a child period because how many know that when someone loses a child, they don't get over it, whether it's a year or 10 years. Those that have lost a child, we mourn with you. Those who are in the trenches with little ones every day, like this mom, and wear food as their apron and stains on their clothes. We just want you to know we appreciate you. To those who have experienced loss through miscarriage or failed adoptions, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we make it harder on you, saying things that are foolish about infertility. To those who Our foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have close relationships with your children, we celebrate you. Those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance from your children, we sit with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your pain and your experience. But I thank God that we know the healer of all things. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you hoped it would be. To those who step-parent and who are step-parents, we walk with you on this complex path. We understand that it's, um, it's a complex path of trying to even figure out your role as a stepmother. So we walk with you and we support you in this. To those who have placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you continue to hold that child in your heart. And those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and a surprise, 
we anticipate with you. My number five was a big surprise. <laughs> this Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors right here in our midst and those watching. We will remember you. Mother is a loving, caring, selfless, cooking, working, feeding, cleaning, encouraging, planning, preparing, praying, supporting, gift from God to all her children. We sound like a machine, don't we? But we are a gift to our children. We are a gift to our children. No matter how hard the, the work may seem, we are a gift. Um, we give of ourselves in many ways, and I could go on as a list, but what I want to focus on today is the biggest gift that we can give, the most important gift that we can give our children is the gift of influence. We are going to be an influence. There's no way around it. Even if you choose not to be an influence, we are an influence. It's what type of influence are we going to be? What type of influence will we be in our kid's life? Let's be an influence. What does influence mean? And I will get to the scripture in a minute. Don't think I'm just, just babbling on. I will get to the scripture. Um, influence is the ability to have an effect on the character, development, behavior, and direction of someone else. Influence occurs when the child's emotions, opinions, and behaviors are affected and shaped by its mother. A mo the title of today's um, message is A Mother's Influence. Again, we have no choice, but we can choose what type of influence. Our actions will speak louder than our words. Our words can build up or they can tear down. We're going to shape our children by our influence. It speaks volumes. When we're too busy to take time to listen to our children, to take time to get involved in their lives, it tells them that they're not valued. And this is not going to be a message of condemning. This is a message of reality and the hope that we have in Christ because Christ can help us. He turns things around. He can help us. The greatest thing children can see is that we are living what we are teaching. Let them see us making him a priority. How do we do that? Let them see, you know, I like to get off in the bathroom when I was little, you know, and I mean, when my kids were little, I would get off in the bathroom with my Bible and like hide. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't, if, the, if you're in a quiet place of reading and your children come bursting in, I know many times I would be frustrated. It would be like, this is my time. This is my time. But what I didn't realize is it taught them, they saw by example that I protected that time I needed that time with God. Was I perfect in it? Absolutely not. Were there days I missed? Absolutely. But God, but my heart was intentional of trying to make him a priority that my children could see that my time with my father, whether it be reading or prayer, was vital. It was an influence in their lives. It was an influence. Let's look at the, an example of... Um, in the Bible of a mother's influence. If you'll turn with me, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, turn with me to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 7. I will be reading um, this one from the New Living Translation. It says, 
Timothy, I thank God for you. And let me just, let me just pause there. This is Paul writing to Timothy. First Timothy, did I say Peter? I'm sorry. First Timothy. First Timothy. No, Second Timothy 1, 3 through 7. I apologize. And before I say that, I want you to realize that even if you're, you don't have children of your own, what I love about this is when Paul began this, he said, Timothy, my beloved son. Timothy was not his physical son but he had the influence on Timothy and he was involved in his life. So don't think that just because you don't have a physical child of your own, that you can't be a great influence and a great impact in another child's life. And it might be an adult child, might be a mentoring position, because through this we see that it doesn't have to be a natural birth child to make an impact on someone's life. And, and, and I just, it, it hit me this morning, uh, you know, when I, when I was reading, I looked up above where it started and it said to Timothy, my beloved son. It's like, wait a minute, we know it's not a son. This is really good because this does show the influence that we can have. And sometimes you can have more of an influence on another child's life than your own. So he says, beginning in in three, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. This is our focal verse. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. I wanna pause for a moment, and this verse is so important to me because I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but late in my grandmother's life, she, she got, um, came to know the Lord. And we would go to visit her, and she'd be like, praise the Lord, and talking about this Jesus, and as a little child, I, I made fun of her. I thought she was very strange, but she had an influence on my life because some years later, when I was a rebellious teenager, my mother found the Lord because she was with her mother, my grandmother, while she was in hospice and was there as she passed. And my grandmother, I think, knew what she was doing because she would say to my mother, will you put Jimmy Swaggett on? Will you read this Bible for me? Will you put this Christian music on? And um, there was one moment my mother that forever changed my mother is, is she looked over when the music was on and my grandmother who was frail of pancreatic cancer just days away from death had her hands lifted up to the air and was praising the Lord. And my mother couldn't handle it. She cried. She went into the bathroom. How can anybody praise the Lord on their deathbed? And she said, God, I want to know that kind of faith. I want to know God. So when I look at the scripture, I see that the faith of my grandmother, just like Timothy's, the faith of my mother, though it was later in life, and then I came to know the Lord um, when we were young married. But there is an influence 
there is a powerful influence. So when we talk about a mother's influence, I want to give three truths that I believe how mothers can be, <clears throat> how mothers can influence. Number one, mothers can be a godly influence by giving instructions. How can I be an influence and instruction when there's no manual on being a mother? That's what I say. There's no book that tells me how to raise my child. There's no, there's no manual on being a mother. Every child is different. There's no manual. Well, guess what? 2 Timothy 3.16 through 17 says, Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what does that tell me? We have a manual. This is our manual. I wish I would have known this was my manual when I was raising my children, but I didn't. But it's never too late to start. For every good work, it says. Do you think motherhood's a good work? Jesus thought it was a great, a great work. In fact, on the cross, before he died, he made sure his mother was taken care of. He looked down at the disciple whom he loved, and he said, behold your mother. In other words, take care of her. He looked at the mother and said, behold your son. So motherhood was very important to Jesus, and it's very important to God today. It's a precious place that we have. It's an honor that we have that God has gifted us with. How many have purchased something that needed to be put together? I remember many Christmases, we'd have buy things that needed to be put together for the kids. What do we do? We get this thing in the box, we take out all the parts, we look at the picture, and we think we know how to put it together without reading instructions. So what begins to happen is we have this thing almost all together, and maybe we have it all together, but there's a bunch of extra parts. Number one, sometimes it doesn't operate as intended. Sometimes we can't get to that next putting the next part together because we missed it. What do we do? We dig out the instructions that we should have had that were at our, um, right at our reach, right there, that came with it. But we didn't. So sometimes we had the opportunity of taking it all apart, only to start all over again. Well, we know that as a mother and as parents, but as a mother, I know that I could look back and I could see the areas that I made mistakes. And you know, for many years, I condemned myself as a mother, like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known. I messed up my kids. I ruined them, you know. And, and, but I learned there was a manual. No, we can't go back, but we can start from today on we can start reading the manual and still be an influence on our children's life. You know, they will see the difference in us. You know, um, we have many reasons why we think we can't be as good of an influence as we would like to be or as the mother we see on social media. Remember, we only post good stuff on social media. 
Everybody has issues. We all, no one is perfect. You know, God is, is, is taking our lives and he's sanctifying us and it's a lifetime work. So don't look at someone else as having it all together. You might be able to learn something from someone else, but this is your best, this is your best resource. It, it, will, it, will, it will lead you, it will guide you. This is your best resource. And you know, comparison kills. And I think one of the biggest things as a mother that we have to learn is don't compare yourself to, to anyone else. As a grandmother, don't compare yourself to anyone else because everyone is different. And there's going to be some strengths in you that are not in them. There's going to be some weaknesses in you that they might be strong, but don't compare because comparison kills. Look to your father. Look to your father and let him lead and guide. And as Pastor said, even as our kids get older... We don't stop worrying. We don't stop being an influence. We don't stop being a mother. It gets a little more complex. You know, it can be a little more complex because I can't control their environment like I could when they were little. But God, and we are still influences no matter where we are. You might say, well, it's hard for me to be a good influence. Do you see who I live with? You know, maybe you live with an unbeliever. Maybe you live in a parent's house that aren't believers. Nowadays, we have a lot of, of um, instances in our culture where, you know, moms and kids or kids have to move in with their parents. You know, maybe you live in that culture. You know, um, you can still be a good influence. Let's um, look at how do I know I can be a good influence in this situation? Let's look at um, Timothy's mother. She wasn't in a perfect environment either. Acts 16, verse 1 in the New King James Version said, Then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He, he wasn't a believer. How did, that, how did that affect Timothy? Mom and grandma's influence affected Timothy even greater. So don't be discouraged if you're in a position that you feel or in a, in a situation that you feel like um, others are counteracting what you're trying to do. You know, it might be through um, a stepmother or a stepfather that your children are involved because of a divorce or, or um, a real father that's not living with you anymore that you might feel they're influencing um, your child for a negative way. Don't be discouraged. Keep your focus upward because God is able. And how do we know this? Because look at Timothy. Timothy's father was not of the Jewish faith, but what does it say about the attributes of Timothy? First, I, I got some good notes from Pastor Robert, I will admit. He gave me some good notes to go with some things that I was um, putting together. But, you know, the name Timothy means a value to God. What were his strengths? He was reputable, supportive, unselfish, humble, a servant's heart, a worker in the kingdom of God. He was called beloved, faithful. He was a teacher. He was strong in faith. 
He was an evangelist, a pastor. He was trusted. He was patient. He was pure in speech, love and, con- love and contact. He was a great example of God. How can that be? His mother's influence had a great effect on his life. And again, a grandmother's influence. We live in a society today where some grandmothers are raising their, their grandchildren because of, because of life circumstances. It wouldn't be something that they would have chosen, but because of circumstances, many children are being raised by their grandparents. So don't be discouraged. I know you're tired. I would be tired too. I know you feel you don't have the stamina to do this. It's okay. God will give you all that you need in the strength that you need for that child. But your greatest strength is being that influence, that godly influence in their life. We are an influence. Looking back, um, as grandmothers, and I am a grandmother of 14 Yeah, I know it's hard for me to believe too. I am a grandmother of 14 children, and I don't do things perfectly. I don't do things perfectly, but one thing that they know is I love God. One thing that they know is that I'm going to try my best to model the word. I'm going to teach the word to them. Um, Our number two truth is regarding a mother's influence is our children are valuable to God. We need to know that as a mother. It's not on just us. You know, we say our children, but we forget. These children were created by God who loves far beyond what I could ever even as a mother because I'm human. I love with humanness. But if we understand their value to God, we'll understand that not, we don't serve a God that's far away. He's very involved in helping us mother our children. Again, as a mother of five at the age of 26, I did what I thought was right. I raised my children mostly out of how I was raised or how my husband was raised. You know, that, that conflict there. Um, there were things I did wrong and there were things I did right. I came to know the Lord as a young mother, but again, sanctification takes a lifetime. You know, um, I made many mistakes with them and worried that my kids would be so damaged by my mistakes. I used to say there was no manual for raising kids or being a mom. However, in time, I learned different. The Word of God is our manual for each area of our life, and that does include motherhood. There have been times I've gone to my children and I've apologized. I've apologized to them because I was a yeller. I yelled a lot. I didn't have patience. Um, I lived with a lot of frustration. I was an at-home mom. Um, and, you know, who was going to watch my children on grocery day? So here I would be with the cart, one in the cart and four on the sides holding. And if they held on to that cart, they will tell you today, oh, I remember we'd get a Charleston shoe, but we had to split it. (laughs) 
But, you know, I remember the frustration. I couldn't even go grocery shopping by myself for many years. And I would, you know, I'd be going down the aisle and someone would say, oh, your daycare? No, these are all mine, you know. But there was a lot of frustration. I had a lot of frustration in my life. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how to raise my children. And um, so I've, I've been able to go back to my kids and apologize for mistakes that I made. You know, listen, I wish I would have known this then. I'm sorry. And I've even gone as far, and they kind of joke about it, but I'm like, hey, if you ever need to go to a godly counselor, don't be afraid to throw me under the bus because I just want you to be healed from anything I may have done. It's not, you know, it's not a condemnation on myself. It's a realization that I made mistakes, and, and I, some of my mistakes affected them. And if it affects them to where they need to work it all out, by all means, Go to a counselor, a godly counselor. Get it worked out. If you have to talk about me, go ahead and talk about me. But remember, counseling is not an end-all. It's a bridge to healing. Why did I do this? Because my kids are valuable. They're valuable to God. They're valuable enough for me to be able to be transparent with and be able to say, yeah, I messed up here. Or be able to say, you know what? You remember how I, you know, I did this? That didn't go so well. So I don't want to see you do that with your child, you know? And I would bring them back to biblical principles. And um, I thank God we have the teacher of the Holy Spirit. I don't know where I would be. We have the teacher of the Holy Spirit, and he teaches us. And that brings me to my third um, point. Regarding a mother's influence, your relationship with God matters. Teach the word, pray the word, and live the word. Teach the word. Second Timothy 3.15 in the New Living Translation says, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus, if we want our children to survive in the, in the um, society that we're in, which how many know it's a very anti-biblical society, and it, we can't get away from it. It's not just um, monitoring what you watch on television, monitoring what they watch on television. It's not just monitoring what you're allowing in your ears, but monitoring what they're allowing in their ears. We live in a phase where I know it's so much easier. You know, the television used to be a babysitter for me too. I, I understand that. But now we live in an age that as young as two years old, we're giving our kids our phones and we're using that and they're getting caught up in all these games and, and they spend more time on the internet or YouTube or whatnot and you don't, you don't know what they're watching. You don't know what they're listening to. So teach the word and monitor, monitor what they're listening to. How do I teach the word to my children when they're gone to school all day and I don't know what they're learning? Well, one of the ways I did it is when my kids were um, in high school, they were in one of the worst high schools, I won't name it, um, couldn't afford Christian school, couldn't afford to, to, to move and sell, um, and the Lord just really delivered me from fear. And he said, I don't want you to fear this. I don't want you to be afraid because your influence 
is going to counteract what's being taught, but you have to be intentional. So one of the ways we would do this is when it was mealtime. You remember, Doug, mealtime? We'd talk to the kids about what they were learning, you know, just about their day, what they're learning. And, you know, when the time of evolution came up, it was a great opportunity to, for me to sit, pull out the Bible and talk about creation. I used to say, you know what, the evolution you need to know for a test, but this is the truth for your life. This is, this is the truth you counteract. When one would come home, they'd been bullied so bad and say, I'm just different, I'm just different, I'm just different. I would say, it's okay. Different isn't a bad word. You know, don't let anybody bully you. God created you. God created, look, look, I'll show you. God created you. He created you for a purpose. You are different from everybody else, but that's not a bad thing. Let's pull out your gifts. And I, and I used to say to them, you know what? The only way you're going to understand your value and who who, what your purpose here on earth is, is to know your creator. When you know your creator, you'll know your purpose of what he created you to do, who he created you to be. But that's the only way you're going to know. So there might come time that you have to counteract what's being taught. We don't pull them out of the world. Jesus didn't pull us out of the world. But he's with us in the world, and he doesn't want the world to become in us. We are the lights. And I was, I was grateful and thankful because I was able to see my kids get involved in some Bible, um, Christian Bible studies that they had and um, heading up like a Fellowship of Christian Athlete events, big events where we, we would see people get saved at these events. And, you know, so I, don't fear what's out of your control because it's not out of God's control. But look here on how to instruct and how to teach and how to counteract. Yeah, it can be frustrating. But you know what? Just because there's Christian kids or Christian school or homeschool or church, we're not to rely on those sources to teach our children. We're to rely on those sources to re, um, reinforce what we're teaching at home. And how many of you know, I know for me, I, I had a hard time breaking some different lifestyles and habits in my life because they were familiar to me. And that, not that, you know, not that they were right, but it was, it was how my parents raised me. That had a stronger influence on me, even though it wasn't always good, but that had a stronger influence on me than anything else. So we are an influence. It's what kind of influence are we going to be? And don't fear. Again, I just feel like... Do not fear what is out of your control. That's not in my notes, but I feel it very strong. Don't fear what's out of your control. Take what God has given in your control and ask him, how do I use this? So teach the word. Teach the word. Second is pray the word. James 5, 16, and Pastor used it. The fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. The English word fervent simply means impassioned, forceful, passionate, heartfelt, powerful, and wholehearted. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm like a mother hen. I can be pretty quiet, but you start touching my chicks, you're going to see a passionate person. You're going to see someone that is forceful. You're going to see someone wholeheartedly looking after them. We need to turn all that passion and that 
being fervent to prayer and just be as passionate to our Father in praying for our children, praying over our children as we are in the natural. Prayer is powerful. Pray the word over your children. Lord, you said if I train my children up in the way that they should go when they are old, they will not depart. That's what your word says, and that's what I'm standing on. It certainly doesn't look like it at this point in their lives, but I'm believing you, and I am praying the word over my children's life. Lord, I see in the Bible about the prodigal, I see where you leave the 99 and go after the one. Lord, my child is that one. I'm believing your word that they're not going to always live separate from you. They're not going to always live as a prodigal to you, that I'm going to continue to pray this word in knowing you're going to go after my wayward son or daughter, because that is what your word says. And finally, live the word. Our children must see us live the word. Well, how do we do that? The most important influences in our life is for them to see how we live. Remember the old saying, do as I say, not as I do? That doesn't work. That, that does not work. How, in the simplicity of it, how do we live the word? Well, they see it in our everyday action. How do we treat people with kindness that are unkind to us? How do we bite our tongue when adversity is coming against us and we feel the right to, to up and fight? How do they see us treating our neighbor next door? How do they see us um, just in our everyday life walking and living amongst the world? How do they see us serving others? Because that's what God's called us to do. Our influence, how we live, how we live is the biggest influence. Just living it out, you know, living it out. And when we make a mistake, it's okay. Oh man, I really blew it. I'm so sorry. I really blew it. I thank God for his grace and his mercy. And that's the thing. We don't have to live in condemnation of our mistakes because we have the advocate with the Father. So live it out before them. Live it out. Let them see the influences that we choose to be around. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't mean that we, all our friends, are good Christian people. But it's like I used to tell my kids, you can have, have non-Christian friends. But the time that I see that they're having more of an influence on you than you are them, then I'm going to step in. And our kids need to see that even though we have non-Christian friends, there's a difference. They need to see that we have godly influences in our lives. They need to see how we talk, how we fellowship. They need to see our lifestyle. You know, they need to see how do we react when we're wronged. Ouch, not all the time good. We're, we're a work in progress. But, but that our lifestyle is a big influence. So where do we go from here? I know we've heard it over and over, but I need to be reminded. I think we all need to be reminded. Make quiet time with the Lord your priority. And it's not, it's not a number 
It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a quantity of time, it's a quality of time. Sometimes the most powerful time I've had with the Lord has been five minutes, but it's been a deep five minutes. Make time with the Lord a priority by reading, reading his word, seeking knowledge, because he says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask and I will freely give it, give it to you. So we can't even say, well, I just don't know how. We can ask the Father for wisdom. We can ask the Father for knowledge. He will give it to us. Make quiet time with the Lord a priority in your life. Another thing is seek advice from godly women who have raised their children. I can tell you we don't have all the answers, but I can tell you we can learn from those that have gone before us what to do and what not to do. We can learn in different situations that people have been in how they might have handled it. We can learn from other people, and I'm talking godly because we don't need any more of the world's wisdoms and the world's way of doing things. We need godly counsel, people that have walked out the scriptures and learned from this. That's what we can do. We can learn from others' mistakes. Find a few mom groups. There are mom groups everywhere, Christian mom groups. Find a few mom groups. Even find a friend that might have children your, your, your children's age. Get in community. Get in community, whether it's a small group or a Bible study or even play dates. You know, when, when moms can, can take their kids to the park and the, the kids are playing and moms get a little bit of time to fellowship with each other. You know, um, let's learn from each other. It's important when we know we're not alone in something. It's, it's refreshing and it's important. There are Bible, tons of Bible studies out there for mothers that will help. You know, seek advice from a leader. What Bible study would you, you recommend? This is what I'm going through. Because not all Bible studies are good Bible studies. But if you can get some recommendations of some real godly good Bible studies as a mother, they'll help. They'll help you grow. They'll help you grow. But one thing that I want you to remember is someone said this to me about 20 years ago, and it never left me. No matter how much advice you get from everybody, this is what was said to me. Patiently seek the advice of others, but then go to your father for direction. We can listen to advice from others, but we need the direction of our fathers because guess what? In different situations, the Lord might lead you to make a decision about your child's life that might be contrary to what someone else has made a decision, he will give direction. Father knows best. Our Father knows best. So patiently seek out the advice of others, but then go to your Father for direction. We may not be able to go back and start all over like we could when we were putting something together and it didn't quite work out right, but the good news is, is God takes our messes and turns them to messages. Amen. And he has done that in my own life. I wasn't brought up a Christian. I didn't know the things of the Lord. And I see um, how he's turned my messes into messages. You know, all my kids are in church. You know, I have some leaders in church that are on staff. Um, but that doesn't even matter. You know what? They love the Lord. 
And God was able to take the mess that I made and turn it into a message and a testimony. So don't be discouraged if you feel like, I can't go back. I can't go back and fix what I've done. It's too late. No, it's not too late. You hand it to the Lord. God, this, this is, my, this is the mess. I can't do it, but you can. Let him take it and watch what he will do. Well, I have adult children that I've apologized to, some might say. I have adult children. I've apologized to you. I know I messed up. Or maybe I didn't mess up, but now they don't have anything to do with me. I've done all I know to do. I've gone to them. I've tried to talk. I've done all I've known to do. This is a time where God may say, let go. Oh, you don't let go of your love for them. You don't let go of your praying for them, but you let go of your works, of trying to do it yourself anymore. When you know you've done all, there's a time when God will say, let go and give it to me. Give it to me. And you continue to pray about that, and you continue to believe God for restoration, and you watch what he will do. I love our theme this year, for God to do what only he can do. And we face that in, in our lives with our kids sometimes, that we're helpless. But we can say, God, here it is. You do what only you can do. You do what only you can do. Can I have all the women stand? Father, I just thank you, Lord, for these women. Father, I thank you for the influence that you have in them over other people's lives, whether it's their children or their grandchildren or someone else's children or an adult young mom. Father, you have them as an influence, Lord, in the lives of those that they're surrounded by. Father, I pray that you would encourage them today, Father, that in any mistake, they would be encouraged in knowing that you can undo what only you can do, God. But not only undo it, you can put it back together far beyond what we ever thought or imagined. And I pray for restoration, God, for those that, that may have a strange relationship with their children or with their mother. God, I pray restoration. Father, I just pray that you would bless each woman here and God, that you would just send kisses from heaven on them. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage the women, Father, that have lost a child. Father, whether it be through a death or through abortion or through um, um, uh, adoption, Lord, that you, Lord, would be with them. For I know every Mother's Day, there's a little ache in their heart. But God, I pray that you would change that ache, God, to a place of comfort. And Father, you would bring joy in the midst of the ashes, Father. And we thank you. And Lord, for those that aren't natural mothers, I pray, God, that you would open their eyes, that they might see the children that they have in their life that you've given them, Lord, those spiritual children. Father, those that they influence, they influence daily, God, or weekly, Father, I just thank you and I pray for the grandmothers, Lord, that are tired, those that, that have responsibility of their grandkids, and I pray you would give strength beyond what could be imagined. And Father, I just pray that this would be a day of joy and reflection for each 
woman within the hearing and sound of my voice. And I praise you and I thank you, God. You are so good. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.